Hello, and welcome to the Dad and Sons podcast. I'm here with my lovely co-hosts, Liam and George. I was about to say Liam and George Edwards. Like you guys are married again. I'm happy to be married to George. Again? Are you saying we had a divorce? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You had a <laughs> divorce. That's the whole story. Yeah. It's about time it was that's, public. That's... We took a break last week. We settled the divorce, <laughs> and uh, we're happily married again. That's that's how it works in the movies, but but not in real life. How the cookie crumbles. How are you guys doing? How, how how's the week? Two weeks been. Hanging in there. Hang, hanging in there. Hanging going in good. There. I played a lot of games. Yeah. Oh, so did I. So did I. I even beat a game twice. <gasps> I wonder if it's the game that I also would like to talk about. Let me oh, see no. what you got. No. Oh, okay. It's not okay. on here. Oh, no. Okay. But it might be a game I've already talked about prior. Because so, you got yes. two good games on, on, on the list this week that I, I really want to talk about. With you. Oh, no, no. I see it. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. It's built. It, yeah, yeah. There it is. Oh, <laughs> I didn't see okay. it there. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. You're, are we, we going to jump? We're doing a lot that the listeners are not going to know about. We're looking at our outline, mm-hmm. and I'm noticing that that you guys both played a similar game this week. And yeah. I'm also reminded that apparently, for some reason, divorce was on on my mind. <laughs> and and you guys, how apt? How apt? Yeah, and and how how in the movies and in the pop culture, divorced parents will like remarry at the end and live happily ever after. In real life, that's fucking. <laughs> yeah, you guys are both playing It Takes Two. So, uh, me and with, Pat. Without me. Uh, uh, oh, okay. I see Pat, you. I've read the show. <laughs> I play, I play <sighs> a lot of games with Pat. Me, me and Pat tend to play a lot of co-op games, right? That was our, like, oh, like, oh, a new game came out because we played uh, A Way Out together. And we yeah, I remember you hated it, it, but we enjoyed yeah, it. Yeah, I, I was we enjoyed say, it for being. I was being, just going to say, yeah. A Way Out is fine. It, <sighs> it, it was, it was kind of, it's kind of shit. It was, it was kind of, it was kind of like the bare bones of co op. Like, not a lot of people do co op games like he does, which is, which is a good thing. And then he started boasting about this one, right? Right. Tell him he will give uh, $10,000 for anyone who's bored. Well, he's got to. He's got to sell the game. He is kind of crazy, Joseph Harris. But he nailed it. He nailed it. He He nailed nailed it. it. (laughs) He overly nailed it. I don't even understand how he came from the same guy. He must have a really good team behind him because holy shit. All of them are good. I'm telling you guys. This is the same guy who did Brothers, A Tale of Two Sons. Like, this is... Which was also kind of boring. Oh my god! It, yeah, it was. <laughs> I tell you, it was, it was, it was a, fine. a better game than the other one. Yeah, but it was a little. It it was. It's an older game. Like if you go back to it, I mean, it, it takes two. It's just way. It blows any of his other games out the water. It seems like it's not even from the same person. I I can't describe it. I beat it twice. Yeah, and without it, me both times. All right. It, it, <laughs> oh, you wanted to see what both halves of the experience were like? Yeah, and it was. Um, oh, I still haven't played the girl yet. No, no, no. I still haven't played the girl yet. So oh. it, if we play George, I won't play. So <laughs> I play the girl. I okay. I haven't finished it. Before we carry on, so I don't want any spoilers. Yeah. I haven't finished it. So what I did is I had a friend over this weekend who was leaving Japan to go back to the UK. So he came over for the weekend, and we played a lot of games. And we saw that you could do the like friend pass local trial. Yes. All of mm-hmm. it. So I was kind of interested because, you know, everyone's talking about it and whatnot. And I was like, you know, I didn't play a way out. And, and Brothers Tales of Two Sons was it was OK. It was fine. Right. But it was a, a essentially yeah. a single player experience for the most part. Yeah. But, you know, people have been talking about it a lot. 
started playing it whole like we got two chapters in two bosses in or more and that's how much you can do on the local one immediately purchased the game afterwards i have not been as impressed by a video game in a long time it is quite a, a magical little game um, yes. so what's 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 the specialty what's uh what's the elevator pitch what's what's different about this one compared to the others oh, uh, so How the do first thing i don't know about you matt but like the first thing i noticed is the platforming is like a, a mario game like that like it's it, good it feels good it feels, it feels real good, good to move yes the dashing the double jumping the double jumping and dashing at the same time the jump dash and then jump again it is they just make you do whatever you want and mm. you could just spam it all the time there's no cool down there's nothing it just feels good nothing to stop you from doing it yes and there's little little things in everything the way the characters run are different and and it's playful the 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 stretching that happens when he dash with some of the characters yeah. it, it it's almost like a, a a trick of animation it's quite like fun to look at and fun to play because of it so it's like you know when you play like it's like when you were playing a hat in time where the platforming felt good this one is actually even better than that it's really it's, good like it's really tight really good which surprised the fuck out of me it's the best i've seen yeah. Because then you combine that with the fact that, of course, I haven't finished the game, but I am so going to. I We bought it immediately. We're now going to schedule you time to. to play it. It's fantastic. Even in those two sections where, you know, you do different things, like we experienced the hammer and the nail part and all that kind of stuff, which is kind of, I imagine that, that you know, the start of you understanding how two players can have such a different experience playing the same game cooperatively. But even that, like... It gives you enough time to get used to that core loop. It's not like it gives you something to do that's fun and novel for 10 minutes. It like has you play through a whole section of the game that's completely different to the previous section, but still plays as tight, still plays as well, and is still interesting the whole time. And I'm really, really surprised by how Dude. solid this game is. And the writing isn't cringy. It's not cringy. It's not. I can't believe you it. Have good voice actors. It's got voice, good voice acting with pretty funny dialogue. Yeah. The book gets kind of annoying sometimes, but I'm. I thought it was going to be really cringy. You you, you get used to him. <laughs> yeah, get used to him. I thought it was going to be cringy, like a Life is Strange kind of cringy, but it's not. Right. It's nothing like that. So when when I was playing for the first time, we were waiting for it to get bad mm. because that's what happens with his games right like it just like, no! there's a moment where it just kind of gets a little it kind of gets like oh, okay okay this is part is a little boring whatever like like he's talking too much shit like yeah 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 he had his one good game and now he's like yeah, way out is amazing this game doesn't have any of that and it's a 10 hour game and it just keeps going and liam it doesn't stop that that routine where it keeps giving you mechanics yeah it would it would give you a mechanic and then it will find new ways to use that mechanic over and over again in completely different ways that you would have never thought of. Yes. I would have never thought of. It is it is one that has blown me away in in, in terms of in terms of creativity and imagination. And and then it just goes to something completely different. And then it goes to something complete and it doesn't stop. It keeps giving you different things that your characters both have to work together to do. 
Yes, good. I'm glad to hear it because I'm really excited to play it again. I can't wait to go back and play it. It doesn't stop, Liam. Good. Good. <laughs> it doesn't, we were waiting for it to stop and it doesn't stop. It is the best game I've played this year. Hands down. Nice. Hands I can see that. Down. Even my friend, who arguably is a man unimpressed by everything. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, unimpressed by everything. Not me. Like, I let him play uh, a demo of a game I'm working on. And I was like, oh, what'd you rate it? And he's like, I don't know, three out of 10. <laughs> and I was like, wow. what? And he was like, uh, that's pretty high praise for something that's in, uh, in the works. And I was like, man, you motherfucker. <laughs> but with, uh, with It Takes Two, he was like, wow, I think this is my game of the year so far. Like, the way it's going. And I was like, whoa. Like, and he would not put up with cringy dialogue at all. He'd be like, nope, and switch it off immediately yeah. if it was shit. Um, but no, we were both Especially having about a relationships. really good time. Yeah. Yeah. We were having a really good time. I can't wait to go back and play it. It felt like playing something new, like yes. a new type of video game. And it really stands out above a lot. And it's high production. Like the cutscenes and everything are really good. And it looks pretty. Yeah. It looks pretty too. The, it um, looks really good. The worst thing that happens is that a cutscenes kind of overlap each other, and that's mm. pretty much it. Which There's is some bugs, I think, an yeah. easy fix, and doesn't affect gameplay as long as it doesn't do that. You know, because I, I, I haven't run into anything. Feels. It just feels so tight. Constantly feels real tight. I wonder how long did they take to develop the game? Because I wonder, I wonder when it was done and when they started to like do all this polishing, as you call it. Like, I, is that how game development works? Yeah, it's because got it to have seems been. Like, I mean, he was talking about it, what? Like, the trailer came out at the Game Awards last year, right? Um, and everyone was like, wow, that looks really good. And um, he must have been working on it since a way out finish. So what's that, three years ago? Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah, 2018, March. Yeah. But fair play to him. Man, fair play to him and his team. What are they called? Hazelight? Good stuff so far yeah that I, yeah. we can't talk about spoilers so I'll, no I'll please because georgie yeah. even hasn't played it so and george you need to play and i, and I was planning to, to. You, i you was should, looking george. forward to oh yeah i really can, should right can play. I, ha- I have it on the laptop I, we should i'm right trying now. i'm trying not to be salty <laughs> Did, so Dude, how does can play it so how does the friend three, three pass times. work how does the friend pass work exactly so, so one person has to have the full game that's and it. you can only give it to one person, or you can just play with anybody no, else as long as they have you the can play with pass. anybody else. Wow, that's anybody so else. good. That's it's so good. It's that's so how good. a way out worked, and everyone's shitting all over that. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. No, no, no. Well, well a lot of people like that. But I didn't play it, so I don't know. But it didn't look like my cup of tea. Whereas this is adorable. It's a way out. Is it looks it's like, just a mixed bag. Yeah, it yeah. looks like I, a, a I way played out, for free on a friend's pass. A way out looked to me like a bit like a Telltale game, I, and I think that's good. I think that's the best part. Yeah, it's, yeah, it is a good part. <laughs> it is great. Like, not a lot of developers do that. They want people to buy the game, but he, this you have this great game that you can literally get for fifteen dollars by just buying one month of ea pro maybe the sales strategy here is to make outlander statements at public conferences and shows so as to develop a cult of personality around the developer to increase sales 
to offset the lack of sales from half of the player base not being the paying customer of the two. Mm. Mm. I mean, sure, sure. But I mean, I don't, I don't know why EA allowed him to, to do such a thing. Does EA, I feel like EA is like one of the worst. Joseph Faraz is his name, right? Yeah. I mean, it's a game where you can't really play it without anybody else. It makes a lot of sense. Yeah. This yeah. is this is his niche is like high production co-op games. Yeah. I think if it was like, oh, you have to buy another version to play online, but you oh you you know, you only have to have one to play locally, I still think it wouldn't people would be put off by the fact that they'd have to find someone to play locally. But the this I, I think a lot more people are inclined to be like, well, I'll purchase it because then you know, we could split the price between a friend and then another friend could give exactly. it a try. It's 20 bucks. Yeah. Yeah, that'll be 20 bucks if you buy the full game. Yeah. And that was always a thorn in the side of previous high production co-op game experiences. Do you guys remember The Legend of Zelda Four Swords Adventure? Yeah. Where you had to have four Game Boy Advances, four uh, link cables hooked up to a GameCube where one friend bought the game but still needed like four copies of the exact hardware among their circle of friends. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah, yeah, the requirements to do stuff like this were higher than uh they they needed to be, I guess. Yeah. But yeah. It reminds me of a of a game I got as a kid called like Cyberstorm Mission Command or something where they they wanted you to play it as a multiplayer experience. So in the box they would put in two discs and you would give one to your friend. Really Cyberstorm Mission It was Command. a real cheap game back in the 90s, but it was um like a, a I like when games explore stuff like yeah. that. A, a Command and Conquer rip-off sort of game, but uh. I was still like I guess the first time I had been exposed to that kind of generosity where uh, a game intended for multiplayer comes with multiple copies. Imagine that, you know? I would say, please play this. <laughs> you will not oh, be sorry. Oh, I want to. You will not be sorry. Like, yeah, I, I, yeah. I endorse this game. <laughs> I played it twice. I beat it twice. <laughs> <laughs> when do I ever do that? I am okay, and I enjoyed both times. Just, 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 yeah. just play it. on EA, get a friend, you're you're good to go, cancel it right after if you don't like it. There's not much on EA Pro, trust me, there's not much. If you have Xbox Game Pass, you get the regular version for free, and that's most of the games. So For context, uh, I think um, I want to explain my side of the story here. Okay. So over the past week, I, I spent a lot of time locked inside, not talking to other people in real life, and my yes. serotonin levels were obviously really low, and I felt shitty for multiple days on end, up until I went out to get a coronavirus vaccine on Saturday. Yay! But while while I was in the midst of, of my, my lockdown depression, I posted some big long messages complaining about my problems to you guys, and you guys were like, chin up, George, and cheered me up, and Matt in particular said, let's play something next week mm-hmm. and i suggested it takes two and yeah. you said yep yep i said i already have it all you have to do is download the friend pass <sighs> but the thing is if i end up playing through it with you you're already gonna know what happens you're already gonna know the twist and when you play through a co-op game i feel like you're supposed to do it with someone who also doesn't know along with you i don't know because what is i don't up, know this, this game this is not apply this one yeah, games yeah. gameplay is worth playing alone. For uh, uh, it's worth playing the game enough alone anyway. 
Well, one of one of my classic problems, like like dating back to when I was going through Guild Wars, is that when you're doing co-op stuff with a friend who already knows the game inside and out, they end up making you go through it way faster than than like the intended experience. Like my first run through with Dark Souls, friends were doing co-op with me for all the bosses, and I seriously felt like I was missing something out. Because even though it is a fun co-op experience, it's not like it's not fun having another friend just beat the stuff for you. Well, you could find another person, but I also haven't played May, which is the girl. The woman. I haven't played her yet. So the female. The fee. <laughs> you sound like a gremlin. The female. I finally come out a like human a human female. Um, yes. Um, <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah, exactly. COVID is over. <laughs> finally, I that can is see me. The light. That is what that is what I've become <laughs> over the past year. <laughs> COVID is over. Um, no, uh, I, it, Time she's for completely females. different, <laughs> she plays completely different. So I would have like, the thing is, is that you do two different things as two different characters. So if I play May, I won't really know everything. Sure you won't. But I mean, I would understand everything. Yes. But yeah. I, I just feel like like you and I, if we end up playing through it, we're not going to have that moment where we're both like, oh, so that's this game's cool gimmick, where we're mm. both like at that high of experiencing it for the first time. Yeah. Like, I'm a big fan of making sure that your first impressions are right. Like, I, I go through the motions of like only watching reveal trailers, uh, uh, not reading any reviews all the way through, just looking at the numbers. I really yeah. don't want the gameplay experience spoiled for me. Well, I, I, pick, pick a good person. Pick a good person. Oh, I had one in mind, Matt. Oh, yes. <laughs> well, next time I didn't know you know, we, you, you know, listeners, we used to play games together. Me and George, <laughs> we used to play games together. I didn't. You guys have played some games not that long ago. Recently, we played Valheim together. We played Monster Hunter together back in the day. Yeah, we played Valheim recently, but we did have a few good sessions of Monster Hunter World up until oh. that game kind of didn't deliver as much as I think either of us were hoping for. Yeah, yeah. So it's good to hear a lot of positive impressions about the new one. Speaking yeah, of... Whoa! You've what? been playing Monster Hunter Rise? What a what freaking coincidence! <laughs> Wait, Monster Hunter Rise? What? Yeah, I've been playing a lot of Monster Hunter Rise what? when I can. What is it? And, and I've heard that it solves a lot of the problems that Matt and I had with uh, World. Is it a new one? Yeah, for Nintendo Switch. Ah! It has a cutesy start style it looks a little different yeah no no what it's the it's the same uh really to be honest. it's not world it doesn't look like world it looks like previous monster hunters uh, a bit more you know it's on switch but it runs really well um but yeah i've been playing monster hunter rise i think i've played about 20 hours of it so far but i've been really enjoying like get home from work you know do your things that you need to do Take a shower, eat your dinner, and then around about 11 p.m. every night for about an hour or an hour and a half to two, I've just been doing yeah. some hunts by myself. Just been taking down some uh, some low rank monsters and getting some armor sets and having a good time with the different weapons and uh, just enjoying playing a handheld version of Monster Hunter again. It plays really, so really nicely. How is the, uh, let's say, 
I don't know that much about Monster Hunter experience. Even though I've played tens of hours of two of those games, it still feels like I just scratched the surface. Um, and, yeah. and I've heard that this one is like like better in terms of accessibility and introducing new players uh, and not having bad online menu. Really? Was I, I wouldn't go that far. It's uh, Do I have bad friends? It's no, it, it, I would say it's a more user-friendly experience right, right. for the fact that it has this new system called the wirebug system and that allows you to like fire out like a like a i don't know what would you call it like a, almost like a spider-man web out in front of you via this bug called a wire bug and it basically propels you forward really fast and you have two of them and you can use them to move yourself forward you can use it to climb up the side of cliff faces and side of oh, mountains like the grappling it's essentially a grappling hook yeah it's kind of like yeah, that yeah. Um, but you can also use fun. it when you have your weapons, and every weapon has two wirebug skills that you can use as well. So it allows you to like attack monsters, climb on top of monsters. It allows you to do the new wyvern riding thing, where that where it's like this cheesy novel gimmick thing where you can ride the monsters and whatnot. Definitely, what Monster Hunter Rise is trying to do is have the player less running around finding a monster on a map and more getting straight to the monster and then having the fight. Like the biggest like grievance I've ever had with Monster Hunt is when you'd fight a monster and then it would fuck off to the uh, the other side of the map and you would take like 10 minutes to traverse the map. Yeah. Whereas now in Monster yeah. Rise, not only do you have the wire bug so you can climb mountains and cliff faces and, and hills and stuff way faster instead of like fighting paths to walk to the top, you can literally just scale the side of mountains. You also can ride a dog. And that's pretty dope. And the dog's really quick. And the dog has no stamina bar. So the dog can do all the running for you without you wasting your stamina. And not only that, you can consume items and sharpen your sword. All those annoying things that you have to do in Monster Hunter that, you know, makes you stop and eat and put your weapons away and all that. Yeah. Well, you can do it while you're on the dog. So when the monster fucks off to another part of the map, as per tradition in Monster Hunter... You know, it gets tired and then goes to a different part of the map and escapes from you. You can just hop on the on the dog and like give chase while doing all of the standard stuff you need to do, like adding your buffs, uh, you know, sharpening your sword with the whetstone and all of those things. So it's way more accessible in regards to like quality of life. But in terms of like tutorialization and typical a you know atypical monster stuff, it doesn't give it. It doesn't tell you any more or really any less than Monster Hunter World did. You know. It doesn't even really tell you about crafting or anything. It, it just like throws you in again. And there's so much going on, like buddies and mercenaries and palicas and palmutes and, and pet laces and bracelets and then armor sets and affinity and, you know, 24 different weapons or whatever. You know, it's still the Monster Hunter war. So if you don't understand Monster Hunter, I don't think you're, uh, you're going to really understand this one. That it well. still feels clunky, I'm assuming, right? No, I I would argue it's better. It 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 definitely is yeah. better. It's not bayonetta, right? Like uh, that old phrase where right. it's not right. the peak of. You're combat. still locked into a, a attack pattern. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel way. like it does have a lot of yeah. exploration stuff now. Like I don't know. I'm not a monster expert, but I can't remember about switch skills in other games, but. So I used to use the Insect Glaive a lot when I played the uh, Ultimate at 4 Ultimate and I used to play World. The Insect Glaive in this one doesn't feel very good at all. 
Um, mm. Yeah, I don't know why. Like, it's hard to do the pogo stick the stuff and, like, really get in on monsters and time it. I was having a rough time. Is a pogo stick? Yeah, you can, <laughs> you jump on it like a pogo stick and slam it down into monsters' heads. But I wasn't having mm. a great time. And firing the bug felt a bit more arduous than it did in 4 Ultimate and World. I'm not sure. Um, but that could just be me having not played it in a while. But so I switched over to Jewel Blades because I wanted something fast. And Jewel Blades is kind of like, Easy mode. <laughs> uh, prequel it's, choreography. It's all, it's all easy mode stuff. And um, But I'm having a great time because I'm just comboing the shit out of uh, monsters. And then I do my arch demon stuff. And then I go ham and I, I switch my skill to like this new one where I like, when I attack them with the A button, I literally just jump in the air, air and like do like diving blade slashes across their faces. I feel really powerful and it's great. And I'm doing it solo at the That'll moment. But it's been that'll teach him to yeah eat other things when they're hungry yeah so I played a couple of multiplayer games when the demo came out and I was having a good time but since then I haven't played any multiplayer since the actual release um, but I'm having a great time just taking it easy and solo at the moment fighting lower rank monsters just gathering stuff building some armor sets trying out different weapons actually. And yeah, no, I'm having a great time. And it runs really nicely on the Switch. Like, they've locked it to 30. So, of course, it's not brilliant. But they've locked yeah. it to 30, so it doesn't, it doesn't dip. Which is great, because all of the Monster Hunter games dip like motherfuckers, right? Even World was 30 on release and dipped. But it's locked to 30. The transitions are, like, instantaneous between the different areas. Um... And also, even when you're in the hub area, like transitions between like inside of places and outside is all super simultaneously quick. Um, all the menus run really quickly as well. I'm pretty impressed. I mean, it's Monster Hunter. At this point, they've got the formula down to a T, so you can't praise them that much because it's kind of copy and paste a lot of it. But the quality of life stuff they've added is great. And I, I you know, I don't yeah. think you could ever take the wire bug away. That's the double-edged sword of adding new features that really improve the game. You can't release another Monster Hunter without that wire bug. Like, no way. I wouldn't even play it. It would just feel 10 times slower. So, mm. yeah, I, I'm having a good time. I, I wish there was more people on my time zone so I could have multiplayer instances. <laughs> um, I need carrying. Wow. I'm not the greatest hunter, but I'm having fun. And that's all a man can ask for. Yeah. Yeah, I see the wire bug. It's a game changer. You could just jump and yeah, use it. That's it. And that's the thing like, is, like, even the best part about it it's like when you get hit, like it takes ages to get up in Monster Hunter. Like ages, you've got like, yeah. one thing Monster Hunter has is it's like overly animated, right? Like every fucking frame is like walking through oh, yeah. sludge, <laughs> right? It's so- They, they love making <laughs> making those monster animations. Yeah, but you they also tell. just like you get knocked down, you fly through the air, you land on the ground, he like rolls about a bit and he then stands up and you get he's unresponsive. But with the wire yeah. bug, if you have one uh, free to use, you just, as soon as you get hit, you press ZL and B and you like wire bug away in a direction of you that you're aiming. And so if you get hit, you can pop back into the fight if you've got health. So you can just basically wherever the monster hit you, slapped you into, you can just propel yourself back at the monster and get right into the fight immediately. Or you can wire bug away really far without having to deal with all the, you know, wake up frames of like trying to walk. But, you know, get yourself some distance so you can, you know, chug a health potion, chug a, you know, whatever item you need to chug, right? Or, or you know, use the whetstone to sharpen your stick. 
But the Wirebug is a big game changer. It feels real good. I'm really impressed so far with it. Um, yeah, I haven't got that far. I haven't done any of the like tower defense novel modes yet or anything like that they have now. Um, I've barely explored with the the new Buddy Island stuff. I haven't done really any of that. I've just been doing the hunts, you know, because that's the thing still about Monster Hunter. Even if you've only got two hours, you're you're only really going to do like three or four hunts, right? Max. Because they yeah. take a while if you are, you know, pro- progressively doing them to your level. Um, yeah, it's... Uh, I would love eventually an action, an action uh, Monster Hunter. <laughs> I know that's not what Monster Hunter is, but I would love an easier <laughs> Monster Hunter. I guess, I guess you, that's, that's the fastest way to say it. An easier Monster Hunter where you can actually just like go wild and just attack yeah. when you want and change your camera when you want and... Not feel sluggish. Molasses Monster Hunter is what people like, I guess. It feels more impactful when you get it right, I guess. But yeah. Those those Dark Souls animations. Your character takes their time to swing a sword in those games. Yeah. It's good. Well, I'm I'm a little hung up on <laughs> on a statement uh Liam just made in which you said, uh it's fun. What more does a guy need? <laughs> a COVID vaccine, that would be the other thing I have learned over the past year that there is, you know, a lot more basic needs that, that our bodies require than fun video games. One of which is IRL social contact. If I am locked in the house for like four days straight and don't talk to anyone, I just start feeling fucking terrible. Yeah. Like I do feel it in my body. Like I do feel the lump in the throat develop, the lump in the stomach develop, and then my brain is stopped abling to focus as well you like feel this squeeze in your body like all, you just tense up and, and it lasts for days and days and days on end up until i talked to someone in real life so last saturday i went out to get the coronavirus and i saw some friends while i was out there and i felt like a, a huge awful you went out there to get the coronavirus ah the corona vaccine I mean. <laughs> <laughs> it's the like, opposite what? of the virus the opposite <laughs> although i'm wondering if uh if my behavior after I get dose two is going to piss a bunch of people off, because I, I want to, I got to get out of here. When I talked to the Uber driver on the way, that switch immediately flipped. Yeah, it was funny. That message you sent, you were like, man, I feel so much better after talking to my Uber driver. And I was like, oh, yeah, wow, that's what the world has come to. Yeah, it absolutely is. Just small talk with the Uber driver was enough to fix a depression I felt in my body physiologically that week. Afterwards, it, the, the vaccine site was something like 22, 23 miles away from my house. So it seemed like a like a long, troublesome trip to make using using Uber and public transit. But I um, had some friends in the area that I decided to visit and I got back home just feeling fine and great and awesome. Like a lot of Americans, I was quite surprised at how smooth and efficient and easy the process was. They had it set up in an old uh, semi-abandoned shopping mall in in the, the suburbs on the perimeter of the city. And the line I waited in that morning went halfway around the whole mall. But I was only in that line for no more than 10 minutes. Nice. Like that line was moving the whole time. They were processing thousands upon thousands of people in and out of here at a very smooth pace. When you go inside, it was an old uh, store that had been cleared out that they were using as um, space. I don't know. Should I call it abandoned retail space? Because that's kind of what it felt like. But inside, there was like 
a giant con ballroom just full of little cubicles of of people in scrubs given uh vaccines to people waiting in the line and then on the other end of the room is a waiting area where you sit and wait for 15 to 30 minutes to see if you develop any side effects while you're inside the building getting the vaccine. And I was expecting it to go a lot worse, partially because you expect to see a cross-section of the entire society when going through an experience like this. Like, oh, the government's distributing something for free that everyone needs. It's going to be like the DMV, where where you assume that that's going to attract like like crazy people, right? Which... I, I mean, it's not exactly a fair judgment to a lot of all of the less advantaged people of society who are, you know, in a low, who who might have some some mental disabilities combined with poverty. But it turns out that I don't really like everyone. You didn't see that there, and I mm. should, in retrospect, should have expected a, a pretty chill, um, mature crowd who who didn't exhibit a lot of signs of public craziness. There was no no crazy DMV people, basically. <laughs> DMV. And I guess that <laughs> makes sense because it was filtering all of the people participating down to those who were like diligent enough and cared enough and read enough news to, to go get the vaccine early. And yeah, afterwards, I uh, hung out with some friends, bought them lunch. We ate lunch on their patio outside. Nice. It was it was wonderful. I haven't done something like that in a year. Uh, I have my second dosage scheduled for next month. And when I do, it's supposed to go into effect two weeks afterwards. I, I, I want to have a COVID is over party. <laughs> <laughs> like I might buy a plane ticket and go out and see some old con friends. I'm going to be shopping for Japan tickets as soon as it's in my body and coordinating with you guys on that. But I also think I want to visit some some old Magfest con friends I haven't seen in a while. I think I want to get my 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 handful of Atlanta friends together and have a COVID is over party when when this goes into effect. The two friends in question who I was visiting at the vaccination site, like they invited me over for a sleepover the day I'm scheduled for dose number two. Nice. Everyone really, really wants to hang out. It's, oh. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Every, every. We're getting closer. Yeah. Everyone's starting to date again. Everyone's starting to go to the malls again. Yeah, oh, we'll I'm telling you, my, that, my friends, they're like, oh, get on the apps, guys. Get on that. Everyone's <laughs> like, going to be nuts. dagging for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. It's going nuts. Everyone's going nuts, man. Like, finally, <laughs> a whole year, a whole year has passed, man. The lost year. Yeah. It is. Yeah. yeah. It lost a year and, year and a bit. It's. Whew. Yeah, it's been. It's a blessing and a curse at the same time. I, I don't know about the blessing part of the equation. <laughs> good, good things have happened and bad things have happened. I guess What good things of, have happened to... Well, so supposedly, and I don't know how much yeah. to read into this, but be, the actual science behind the COVID vaccine has led to massive breakthroughs in regards to the HIV vaccine, malaria vaccines, and also cancer research. Because of the basic wow, okay. arms race that it was to, it's essentially World War II again. Um, the arms race in which to fund and research the COVID vaccine led to it being tested. Like it's a specifically, and I could be massively, wildly incorrect here, but this is what I read. But uh, the mRNA um, stuff uh, about those have led to breakthroughs in those areas. So, 
while COVID was bad, maybe cancer now bad, good too. So medical R&D got a big stimulus, fine, that's one good thing. What else was good? The environment <clears throat> had a small break, I guess. Okay, so the animals had one slightly more peaceful <laughs> year than usual. What else was good? I don't know. That's it. I, 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 I for one, am, am... I made curse to golf. I mean, yeah. that was a positive for me. I am looking forward to seeing how the dialogue around working at home and, uh, like, like pursuing hobbies with your free time goes from here, because that's definitely something that a lot of people have had to rethink. I don't think companies will be going back to office life anytime soon. I don't think. Yeah. Yeah, that'll yeah. that'll be fun to see how it how it pans out. So medical got got an R&D stimulus. The animals had a slightly more peaceful year. Working at home might be more normal by now, but damn. Damn, guys. This year was was definitely the worst since I was like a awkward teenager. <laughs> an awkward teenager. <laughs> Oh man, going back to those years. It, it, I I have not felt like this unpopular and gross and lonely since I was an awkward teenager. Like I I did not know that in my adult life stuff would get that bad again. Yeah, but let's hope that it doesn't return. Mm -hmm. Let's hope these vaccines, you know, get spread around and we're all good and everyone can go back to some new normal that we're gonna get. Because it literally, as soon as I talked to the Uber driver. Like, like I felt my body recover. <laughs> well, I don't have a segue. So I've been playing. <laughs> From good news to good news. <laughs> and other Speaking of news. travel, uh, Monster Train. Uh, now, um, I, I have a couple things, but like I would say Monster Train is. Uh, Fucking dope. That's I what did it a is. Few yeah, it's pretty dope. It's I would say it's better than Slay the Spire. Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like it's like a better Slay the Spire. You know, it's I would say it's a little bit easier to win the game. Yes. It, um, it's it's a more forgiving Slay the Spire, for sure. Yes, for sure. Are you winning, son? Yeah, I feel like Slay the Spire tries to kill you a lot and just kind of makes it ridiculous Slay the Spire the makes you time. work hard it makes you read yeah. it makes you not play with your instincts uh whereas monster train is just like ah oh, big monster put here on train <laughs> yeah and and the thing is that you could just build crazy builds on the fly so often with monster train it was quite fun i i, I mean i did a, a complete a few runs and i was like oh this is fun and that and that was it and that was it. Like Monster Monster Train fulfilled its purpose of like a nice little afternoon play of a very interesting card game that was um that would beat my ass once, but after that, after that, <laughs> I learned my lesson. Um you could get like unlock harder runs and stuff like that, and I unlocked them and I played a couple, but I think it like loses steam. <laughs> um, yeah. Does your pyre um, after run a out? Few. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes, my pyre ran out. But uh, yeah, I w did you guys watch? Um, before we get to that, uh, Beat Saber. Since George has played it, have you oh, played I it, love Liam? Beat Saber. Beat Saber. I mean, I've played it a fair amount. I don't play it on the regular, but I have played it. Yeah, that's a great game. <laughs> I can't it believe is. it. Uh. You you haven't played it before. When I haven't you played had, it before. Um, yeah, that's and odd. And I definitely have. 
Yeah. Cause, cause you've, you've played the VR hits, like, like all the, the mm -hmm. beat saber is one of the like must play. It's in everyone's library. Mm. One of the, one of the games you show the family when, when putting them in VR for the first time, one of those. I, I didn't think it was going to be like that, that fun. I saw it and I was like, eh. Oh, it's, it's, I, I got it's the it. only music game I've really gotten hardcore about. Yeah. I, I got it. And I got the custom custom maps which are basically mm. the reason to get the game that is yeah that is why people buy beat saber so that they can copyright infringe other songs with fan-made level packs it's a very precarious position those developers are in you can tell they know but they can't say it officially yeah and every time they release an update it breaks a mod that will then have an update that makes it work again like four hours later. yeah yeah the the best songs are not on on the official Beat Saber app. It's and and they're like funny joke levels almost sometimes. Yeah. Those are like the best ones. I mean, <laughs> like, I, I mean, of course they got the Linkin Park um, uh, pack, which is great, which is great. But there's not much else. Wait, what songs do they have? Is it, it's not like the new Linkin Park songs. Is it? No, it's no hybrid theory. Oh, thank Christ. Yeah, they're the only rock rock uh pack that actually has like their old songs oh, the ones God. that people actually want to play yeah yeah not God. like panic at disco with their new shit i don't yeah. want to play your new shit <laughs> i want to i chime <laughs> in that motherfucker yes the official music packs are a lot of electronic music which lincoln yes. park is going to be included in but when you dive into the fan made levels there's a lot of fans that get really creative with different genres there's like movie orchestra scores there's classical um yeah classical orchestra scores where you're waving your arm like a conductor's baton there's black um, music the... <laughs> that that's what you're calling it yes <laughs> there's people there's music made by black people so that's like, there's none of that there's like none of that other than timberland and i don't want to listen to new new timberland songs i didn't know timberland still made music i didn't even know he still made music i'm like what is it <laughs> why are you on here like that's it yeah like yeah there's a there's a lot of there's a lot of good good stuff i mean even gangnam style is pretty fun to to play oh the psy songs are really oh, fun oh, they oh, make oh, you oh. do the dance and yeah. stuff. and yeah it really clicks see that's smart lean into it lean hard into it yes like, yeah you're shia do labeouf it's probably it. one of my favorites as well the there's is a that actual cannibal the shia labeouf Yes. No way. One. They made you a map are... for it, and it's amazing. Fuck yeah. It's run amazing. for your life from Shia LaBeouf. When you're, like, going through the brush, when they're talking about going through it, you have to <laughs> bend down. <laughs> oh. You're doing, like, the exact thing that the, the dancers were doing. Like, it's just so good. It's so good. I, I, I'm addicted to playing some of those levels. There's a Pirates of the Caribbean level someone made where you're doing sword fighting moves, like, uh, like, like a fencer. But you also found the Sir Mix a lot. The baby got back. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, that one is also good. <laughs> baby got where, back. Where where they make you like bend down under the danger zone above yeah. your head. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, my gosh, yeah. man. Like I don't understand why these songs are not. I mean, how how much do they Beat Saber has to pay them? Or maybe Beat Saber's not making enough money. I guess VR is such a small, but Beat Saber, like those videos get like millions of views, which is, and it should be mainstream. 
Like, like this is a game that should appeal to everyone. It yeah. should be mainstream. It's just dancing to music. and It's the highest selling VR game, right, of all time. It has so to So it be. probably is. Like, like of the VR, VR is, is like, like at, I don't know if it's at the cusp of mainstream, but it's steadily becoming there. And I, I, yeah, there's no, I would hope Beat Saber is I, like yeah. at the tip of that spear. There's no way I can think of a game that has outsold Beat Saber. So, you know, like the appeal like of it's it. It's nonviolent. It's all ages. Like, like grandma would probably enjoy Beat Saber. Four million copies. That's a lot, right? That's a lot of the VR install base for sure. Four million copies. That's pretty crazy. It is the only music game I've ever really been able to get hardcore about. Jubeat came close. And and I mean, Elite Beat Agents on the DS was always a fun time for everyone. These games, they have like less abstraction than than a lot of the the other music games I've seen people get real hardcore about. Like with Jubeat, you're you're tapping your fingers to the music. With with Beat Saber, you're 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 waving your arms to the music. Yeah, it's the movement of Beat Saber. It just is so satisfying to slice through. It, it feels like there's not a lot to learn, but as you ramp the difficulty up, you realize there is. Like you know, easy to play, hard to master. It's natural motions that fit the song. For some reason, my hand-eye coordination doesn't work with a lot of music games, except that small handful. And Beat Saber is is the one I think I've easily gotten the best at. I've yeah. never gotten real good at music it, games except for Beat Saber. It seems like a lot of the custom songs go straight for like hard and expert because most yes. people, if you play it a lot, you just kind of get better at it. Yeah, expert mode is like the normal one in that community. All yeah. the good download songs tend to lean towards expert. And it took me a while to learn that. But the block, as it turns out, was adjusting the angle of the beam in the options menu. If you're having some trouble, you might want to do that. Oh, the Valve really? Index controllers kind of had it um, go at a, a slightly lower angle that would have required slightly more up motion to the wrist. So I got into the options menu and like tilted it a bit closer towards oh, your body. Oh, that's why it's like that. I was wondering why. Yeah, experiment with it. I don't know if that'll truly fix it for you and make the game easier for you, but problem that a lot of Valve Index users were reporting was that Beat Saber did seem harder on that than the other VR sets up until they put in some customization options to to offset the default angle that the beam comes you can customize a lot you could practice yeah to yeah hell. You have, and, and that happened yeah. last last summer I think I, I remember when that update came out and I finally was able to break into expert Beat Saber it was a revelation I I have been playing it constantly since yeah um good weight loss for COVID <laughs> You you break a sweat. Yeah, you certainly in, in do. Beat Saber. If you're playing mm -hmm. in certain modes, yeah, you can get your sweat on. Yeah. Uh, also, 40 million songs were sold as well. So they Jesus. they get Jesus. Jesus. Oh, money. that's a lot of money. Have any of you watched Zack Snyder's Justice League? No. no. Why would Let me I just answer that for you? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I would love talking about the concept of it because that's so weird. I realized it is. I didn't even watch the original cut of it. And why should you? I, I just don't care. <laughs> I, I, it got really bad reviews. I don't care about comic book movies anyway. But mm. man, seeing like those, the, those screenshots of the following film has been presented in a four by three, four, a square format for the... Represent Zack Snyder's creative vision. Because <laughs> he it, wanted it, to oh. make an IMAX movie, 
but no one can really go to the IMAX anymore. So you get the IMAX experience on your tiny little tablet at home. It, it's, it was so oh. weird. When I saw that, I was like, no way. You tend to forget about it, though. Oh, yeah. I've watched four I, I imagine hours. Four hours. That's the other thing. You got to clear your day for this movie. I watched the original one, then I watched that one. <laughs> Did you do them back to back? No, no, not back to back. But close. Oh, thank God. And it was, it was, the first one was, I mean, it was a shit movie. Um, the Zack Snyder one was a better movie for sure. Very, a lot of high moments that were really, really good. It still took four hours to explain the whole story. <laughs> and I think the, that's Kojima where you failed. And the acting was some, <laughs> still, I mean... Again, Wonder Woman. I, I just can't see Wonder Woman as Gal. I I can't. I can't. I've I've never been a fan. It's like you. If, if you ever watched any of the cartoons, or any of the DC animated uh uh um movies, you can see that Wonder Woman's just not that. She's not Wonder Woman. It's not. It's not whatever. Whatever they did is not that. Um. There's also like a clip with a. Joker in it at the end, which was um, you could probably look that one up online, which was just was just cringy. Um, but I would say <laughs> the the character is good at that. There was a, there's a lot of good moments that were like pretty hype. I'm not gonna lie, that was like oh shit, that was cool. They changed a lot of the fighting in it, so it's a lot faster and more satisfying to watch. Like there's the the beginning scene when Wonder Woman is in inside the the bank, you know, fighting. They changed her pattern. Like it's not just like this slow, you know, Zack Snyder grueling freaking shot that the, he always does. It's a lot faster and it feels more impactful. Which is, you know, he improved it a lot. But it took him years to think this all up <laughs> and edit this video to make a four hour movie of all these deleted scenes. Which, what I don't get. Yeah, that's not going to okay. work in a regular when you're making a movie. So this is what I don't get, right? Yeah. Not to be all like the opposite of what I get annoyed out of in game dev, but how did Zack Snyder, if Zack Snyder knew that he made a great movie, right? Because this was the tagline, right? He was like, you'll never see the great movie I made. Wouldn't it have already existed? Yeah, it would have. So why did it take so long for this thing to be put together? Or am I missing something here? Was it like they just made a big thing about it? Did it already exist in black and white and four by three and everything at the time? How did he know that he made a great movie? Or was he just guessing that what he shot would turn into a good movie? It's not a great movie. Again, there's a lot of, I mean, it became a good popcorn movie for four, but it's four, still four uh, the hours. Fact that four hours is mental. Four hours is way too much for a movie. It's way too much. You're not Lord of the Rings. It's longer than a Lord of the Rings movie. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I was just about to say that though, because the the four hour long Lord of the Rings extended editions were fun to watch through at home because you could take bathroom breaks. For home releases, they tend to want to overindulge in longer things. But when you go to the theater and you're in a crowded room full of other people, and if you take a bathroom break, you miss something. That's when they want. That's when the ninety-minute format became standardized from from those days. 
Yeah. From what I don't know about comic book lore, but do know about online community harassment misinformation lore, there are pages of both corporate and fan drama to read through if you do want to find out why this took so long. And mm. what a weird concept. It, it Like, was there ever a movie made before where one director, where the, the studio, the publishing company, the distributor, all the companies involved said, let's have one director do it better than our first choice. Has that ever happened before? No. And now, like, all of, all of these directors are coming out, like the Suicide Squad director saying, oh, I made a great movie, uh, you know, release my cut of the movie. Maybe we'll see a revolution and we'll start seeing really weirdly edited versions of films that we have a strong conscious mind for in an actual different way. Right, right. Like, I wonder if, if there will be new cuts of the Star Wars prequels or something from someone else involved in production who swears they were able to edit it into a more fun movie than than Lucas did. I uh, there there are other famous examples of like nerd franchises getting controversial treatments by by eccentric Star Wars does that too. Yeah. yeah. And and I wonder if if this is going to be something we're going to see again later on if but, uh But the thing Zack Snyder made the original though. So how did he He just recut it. He recut it. How did he get kicked out for Joss Whedon instead? Like I cuz I I do not know he the did. drama. It's quite sad, actually. His daughter passed away, I... and he couldn't Damn. film. That's why. So that's what happened? Yeah. So he was working on it, but a family emergency had them change yes. the director? Yes. Yeah. Okay. 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 Well, so, there you go. Quite sad. It's, it's a, such a unique yeah. case, too. Yeah. Damn. So I'm glad that he got... His opportunity to do what he would have done originally, I imagine he wouldn't have been allowed to make it four hours long, but at least he got to make the movie, right? He, he changed the characters, too. He didn't make Flash some dopey person. He made him quirky, but like Flash in the first, in, in the, the, the original was just like this person like, I don't want to save anybody. I've never saved anyone. But yet he has like a full suit. Like, it's just like so stupid. This one, he doesn't say all that stupid stuff. But they really, uh, maybe maybe he made it four by three because um, it was cheaper. Because there's a lot of, a lot of uh, extra scenes that required some effects. Especially with Flash. I mean, really cool shit. Really cool shit. Well, I, I wanted to quickly talk about it, if uh, that's okay, Matt, before we uh, yeah. move on. Um, I think Zack Schneider's had his fill, considering he's wasted yeah, four yes, hours of your time. For sure. I just wanted to quickly talk about Apple Arcade again. Ooh. Now I don't have to pimp that motherfucker because, you know. You're on your own. Because I'm on my own as Graphics is out. So if you do have Apple Arcade because of the various reasons in the past couple of weeks, uh, totally place Graphics. Yeah, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Yeah. Um, but I picked it up because Sakaguchi's new game got released on there. Oh, yeah, I've heard a lot of good praise. Fantasian. 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 Fan- <laughs> that sounds ra- borderline racist in some way. <laughs> Fantasian. <laughs> Fantasian or Fantasian or whatever you want to call it. His new RPG, uh, the Diorama RPG. Wait, what? So if you didn't know, it's a RPG by... Uh, you know, Sakaguchi, the guy who made Final Fantasy, Lost Odyssey, Last Story. Oh, really? He's been trying to make oh. a lot of lasts 
and he says that this might be his last game. Also, it has, you know, Nob- Nobu's music, Uematsu-san's music, and uh, it might be his last game as well, for music-wise. Ooh. Wow, it looks cool. But it released on Apple Arcade, and what is neat about it is that all of the backgrounds are actually real dioramas they handcrafted and took high-res 4K photos of and then used different That's angles it like of it yeah like final fantasy 7's pre-rendered backgrounds so they're pre-rendered backgrounds does this count as uh their trademark visual style yes hd 2d yeah yeah but it's not pixel art on top it's uh 3d model so it's it looks like uh you know i don't know like a, an updated final fantasy from that era and it's good it's surprisingly good like I am very surprised. One, it is gorgeous. The dioramas look really yeah. good. Real neat. Really good. Really, really wow. beautiful. Yeah. The dialogue is fine. Um, and the battle system is really interesting. Have you guys ever seen the movie Wanted? Yes, I see the curve. You know, the Angelina Jolie curving bullet yes. thing? Well, you can curve yeah. your spells <laughs> and attacks in this game, like in Wanted, like your Angelina Jolie. And uh, it's really unique, and it introduces some pretty interesting battle segments. Um, But it also has this thing called Daimonji or something, where you can literally store monsters in like a a dimension in your pocket, so you can then grind them at any point you want later. Mm -hmm. Oh, they just they just can't use the copyrighted trademarked term for that one. But they can trademark their their visual style yeah but you can like store them and then do it um but it's pretty decent um (laughs) my only complaint is that literally you have to tap to walk the character like as in like tap on the screen and a lot of the dioramas are really awkward right because of course they're photographs in the background essentially so you don't know actually what is collision and what isn't and tapping around on a giant phone screen is not great i wish i could just walk around like with a, a digital thumbstick. That's my biggest gripe. But other than that, it runs really nicely. And I'm really surprised. Is it Apple Arcade? Can't you just... It's Apple Arcade only right now. I'm sure it'll come to other platforms eventually. Because it's it's a, quite a, a, a good game. I'm, you know... It's not the greatest thing in the world. But it's really nice. It's really... It's easily the highest budget and highest production thing on Apple Arcade so far. Yeah. But... That's not the uh, only thing that I've been playing on Apple Arcade because it surprised the hell out of me. Uh, and George, go pee if you need. You look like a man who's about I to got, die. I, I'm going to do it. No, I'm actually adjusting the cushions in my chair. That's all. Right. So, well, I was playing Fantasium, but then I found out that there was a new game by the Everybody Loves Golf team. You remember Everybody mm-hmm. Loves Golf? Yeah. On the PS2 and the PS Vita and the PSP yeah. and stuff. And then I think there was one for PS4. Well, those guys made a game for Apple Arcade as well, and it's essentially a touchscreen version of Everybody Loves Golf called Clap Hands Golf. Clap Hands being the name of the company that makes them. Yeah. And it's good as well. It's got, like, really nice touchscreen controls. Like, swinging, you know, pulling down and, like, releasing really fast, and you can sideswipe to adjust your angles and stuff. Rubber band. Yeah, and you can like pinch to zoom and stuff. It's really nice. Some of the Apple Arcade titles, I mean, you know, since Scrapper's gonna throw it out there, mm. have been really high production. <laughs> and there's a lot of them now. There's a, there's a lot of games on there. It's becoming quite the package. And like just those two alone, really, really impressive stuff. And funnily enough, Clap Hands Golf has essentially 
a curse to golf game mode in it. Oh wow. It has a wow. one Both hole dealers. challenge survival where you have to get to the hole in a designated amount of shots. Otherwise you fail. Oh god. <laughs> George, go fucking pee. <laughs> He's hanging on to hear about the lawsuit I'm going to send over to Clap Hands Golf. I'm going to sue those, sue those losers yeah, sue for those stealing, my, stealing my Curse to Golf uh, infringement. Uh, no, but yeah. I mean, it's not really, but it's, it made me laugh because it was kind of similar in concept. But it's a good game. Both of them are really good games. I don't know, if you own an iPhone or an iPad, like, I would maybe reconsider having a look at Apple Arcade. It's fairly inexpensive. It's not as good as Game Pass, but... It's getting there. And there he goes. He's out of here. But I'm, I'm highly impressed so far. Another, yeah. a, another good golf game for me to play. And uh, I can just play Fantasian, you know, while I'm doing my business or whatever. Yeah. You know? <laughs> All right. Toilet games. Get those poop particles on there. Yeah. You do have to save it and stuff. You think with a mobile game, you just close the app and then, you know, it would restore yeah. your... Uh, where you last were? No, yeah. no, it doesn't. You have to use save points, and if you're uh, if you close the app to like answer a text and stuff, and then reopen it, sometimes it reboots the game. It's not cool, but yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it's kind of pretty. I mean, look at that map. Yeah, yeah look Jesus. at that. Man, the the dioramas are really nicely designed as well. Is the story okay? Um, so far it's typical JRPG. You know, boy with amnesia. <laughs> Boy doesn't know oh, who he is. On, Boy has to remember where the fuck he's going because he's an idiot. Is there any JRPG that doesn't do that? I don't that's, know. That that that's actually like like good writing. Can we think of one other than like Nier? Nier? Yeah, Nier. Nier Automata, I think. Uh, really? Su- uh, Suikoden, Final Fantasy Tactics. I think they're good examples. Maybe Final Fantasy VI. You could argue has good character writing. Mm. Uh, but maybe not necessarily the story. Story. Okay. But yeah, no. So far, I mean, it's inoffensive so far. It just sets up the premise. I don't know what else has happened yet. I haven't really played it. But um, yeah. I'm enjoying it. And I'm surprised. But yeah, Sakaguchi up to his old tricks, I guess. Doing all right. I like the... Uh, it's worth doing the free trial just to have a look. Look at the like pretty little visuals. You know, the dioramas look great. And then, you know... Cancel your subscription. Don't let Apple have any of your money again. <laughs> so, I would recommend uh, picking it up. Plus, I mean, nothing really stays exclusive these days. No, anyway. no, it doesn't. Bloodborne is like a real exception in today's day and age. I'm surprised that never did show up anywhere else. Like, when something like Horizon Zero Dawn ends up getting a PC release date, like, like I feel like that's a real sign of the times that exclusives in general are just slowly getting phased away with sony studio japan being closed now who knows bloodborne maybe uh get somewhere else i don't know maybe someday we'll finally see nintendo games yeah. be playable on other platforms well that's oh not God. gonna happen that is it? happens that's not gonna happen i i don't know I, we, we still got like what what are we people have been saying that for goddamn. like people were saying that when the wii u was like on its ass dying yeah. and it's never gonna happen the switch sells more copies continually and nintendo doesn't give a crap about 4k so i don't know well if the game console market goes away 
which I mean, it was far future stuff, not in the next few years, of course. But we keep talking about these things constantly and they don't happen. And then well, the podcast has only been around for three years and that is far future speculation stuff. Like, like the nature of TV screens is going to change eventually, but probably not while this podcast is running. I don't know. When the podcast was running, there was no Xbox Series X or PS5 and... The Switch was a new thing. A new console generation happens every four to six years. That is, that is, that, at least that is on a reliable scale. We know there's going to be a Switch Pro later this year. We know there's going to be some sort of console after the Switch. That stuff shouldn't surprise anyone, but. Well, there'll be a new Switch this year, I'm sure, so. Man, I wonder if Nintendo ever will try to do a more serious VR experiment over the, the far future timeline. Yeah, I mean, the, yeah. the, the. What was it called? Labo. That wasn't too bad. It wasn't, it wasn't too bad, but also wasn't a serious stab at it, you know. One thing that definitely happened over this podcast that saw culture and technology change was, was COVID-19. Over the course of me and Matt doing the TOVG podcast, Nintendo and PlayStation switched over to video formats. Now E3 is coming back next year. Ooh. Not next year, this summer. Um, after taking a year off last year because COVID-19 had canceled everything. Mm. They're going to be doing a digital-only event. It's not going to be held in person in the trade shows like in the good old days, and I wonder if that's going to be a permanent change in the future or if they're going to go back. So Nintendo, Xbox, Capcom, Konami, Ubisoft, Take-Two, Warner Brothers, and Koch Media, which is the, the Daedalus Deep Silver stuff, is um, going to be doing a digital E3 show on June 12th to June 15th. They're going to be doing live press conferences and a four-day-long video stream. A lot of fun speculation is happening around Konami's um, name getting stamped on that lineup, uh, whether or not they're just going to show off Pro Evolution Soccer 2021 and some Yu-Gi-Oh stuff will we'll wait to be seen. But, you know, the, the fans of, of the vintage PlayStation franchises are, are wanting Silent Hill and Metal Gear Solid to show up. I want to remind everyone that there were some rumors circulating earlier this year. According to some YouTubers, someone with Bluepoint connections was talking to them about a Metal Gear Solid 1 remake that would be in development for the PlayStation 5 as a killer app. That's always just been rumored by um, like two YouTubers who came out with it uh, around the same time of each other, independently of each other earlier this year. Major game press sites did not report on those rumors, so I'm not getting my hopes up. But if Konami is on there, I don't want to say I wouldn't be surprised if a remake of an old beloved PlayStation game is announced, but I wouldn't hedge a bet on it either. As for why Konami is there, that is that is going to be fun to see happening. I also think it's uh, ironic that Nintendo is going to be participating because they, they're the ones who are famous for transitioning from live shows that fill up sweaty auditoriums hallways. Well, they always did the Treehouse stuff at E3 and they would always have booths, so... They just did their own digital thing aside. I think this just shows that E3 will never, ever be the same again. Because E3 was mm. not a general trade show. It was not a public consumer thing. It was completely a business-to-business -business thing. And there is no business-to-business -business on this thing anymore. And it just shows that over the past three years, they have tried to change what their event is to now compete with, you know, PAX and other events. And this is like the the march towards completely like rebranding E3 as this hyper 
like the game like the event on the calendar Gaming like Mecca. it was but for now consumers like it's not business to business anymore so it's definitely not the e3 of old for sure i guess i'll i'll never be a true gamer because i never went to a real e3 huh me either actually <laughs> I never yeah, we're just fake gamers fake gamers and- Playing it takes two, you casual losers. <laughs> Why are you playing Apple Arcade games like me, like J hardcore JRPGs like Fantasian? Come on, get Steph up. <laughs> oh my god. I mean, between the three of us, Liam is the one who plays the most cell phone games. So uh yeah. make of that what you will. <laughs> you mean I I, I, I make <laughs> I make mobile games. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Before you uh, move on to, I'm assuming news. Uh, I want to just uh, uh, plug uh, a good show. If you like um, realistic views on superheroes, I would say give Invincible a try. I have heard this is really good, and I do want to watch it. But it's on one of those platforms I cannot access it on. Yeah, it's on Amazon Prime. It's free with your subscription, so if you already have Amazon Prime because you order too much stuff, like I do, then you can just watch it. It's it's a good series. It's based on a comic book. It's realistic. View, well, realistic in a way that, you know, things happen when you're a superhero. So, watch that. <laughs> J.K. Simmons... You got uh, uh, Stephen, what's his name? The guy from uh, The Walking Dead. Stephen Yeun? Stephen Yeun, yeah. Yeun? Yeah, okay. Um, Yeah, that, uh, a lot of of good voice actors. The voice acting is really good. Oh, it looks like a 90s cartoon. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, like like those old uh, ABC superhero cartoons. The animation is good, though. Let me tell you. Just watch the first episode and you'll know what I'm talking about. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a good that's a good old one. It's a very interesting story. It's not the it doesn't follow the same lines as you know DC and Marvel. Yeah. Know? Well, the, the the concept has been done before with stuff like Watchmen and The Boys. It, yeah, The Boys. I would say is more relatable than anything else. But this is different. This this is definitely it's just. I can't. I, everything's a spoiler, so I can't really say anything. <laughs> so, but yeah, but yeah, I, I would say give it a try. Give it a try. Dark things are now moving in the land of Middle Earth, and the great quest of the Ring is yours to take up from the beginning. Introducing the official games based on the literary works of J.R.R. Tolkien. Beware, your journey shall be a flight from danger to danger. The Lord of the Rings, the Fellowship of the Ring, rated T for teen. So since the last time we recorded a podcast, a really, really weird uh, teaser trailer has been released for a very, very weird concept I wanted to, I thought we could have some interesting conversation about. I remember seeing this name on some press release lineups, but never really thought about how weird it was until I saw a trailer for it. We're going to have to acknowledge that we now live in a world where Lord of the Rings Gollum is a video game that is existing and, and will come out at some point in the future unless it gets canceled uh, 
But seeing as how there's a teaser trailer out there that looks like a serious budget was put into it, I don't know anymore, you guys. So, you know, I'm a fan of stealth games, right? And I'm also a fan of things that are kind of weird in their premise. But I and I so I feel real conflicted about this because when you when you when you're a teenager reading through Lord of the Rings, that's not the adventure any kids reading through these books or watching through those movies will have in mind. <laughs> but at the same time, it's easy to visualize how they could turn Gollum's side of the story into a Splinter Cell style stealth game, probably more so than a lot of other characters involved in that universe. But at the same time, would have anyone really wanted to? Like, you know, I'm a fan of garbage. I'm a fan of weird things. I, I, I went through a Lord of the Rings phase when I was growing up. I feel real conflicted about this. I'm a fan of stealth games. So like, it this feels- This is Oddworld. This is what this is. I, I, could, I could totally, I mean, Oddworld has- Will you play an ugly ass character? Yeah. Has, has like humor to it though. Lord of the Rings isn't known for, for being funny. Gollum is uh, the comedic relief in the movies. Is oh, I thought he was sad. <laughs> He's like the, the tragic meth addict who can't, can't control himself and- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 you guys gotta has his his precious. Gotta has mm. it. <laughs> there there might be a precious button. But yeah, what do what do you guys think? Like like there's so many questions. A, who is the target audience for the marketers trying to sell this game? And B, whose power fantasy or escapist adventure are the developers trying to capture by making this game on an artistic side of the equation? And like C how the hell did something like that get greenlit? D, is this, um... I mean, it, it looks all right, so I can understand where it got greenlit. Right? <laughs> it, like, it has a serious budget put into it, so far as we can tell. Yeah. <laughs> it's got a massive budget, for sure. I mean, I'll, I'll watch someone play. I don't, I, don't, I don't know if I'm totally down to purchase it. On PS5 to get those sweet, sweet, sweet hair graphics. Oh, on, yeah, um, so you could see the reflection in Gollum's eyeballs of the ring. But, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know who this is for. But at the same time, I almost want to, like, applaud their bravery for going through with it, you yeah. know? Like, yeah. like I, I feel like as weird as this is and how much I know it's weird and that no one asked for it, I'm like, I respect the hustle. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. I Wow. Wow. I'm like reading the comments here and uh, they're having a good time with this. If anything, it's going to be funny. <laughs> it should be funny. To be honest, it should be funny because you're playing, you're playing, <laughs> you're playing Gohan. <laughs> like... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that. that. <laughs> there should be a lots of my precious, lots of just just go into it. Go go full in. The character can barely say his own name. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's how bad his his problem is. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta have my precious. <laughs> oh my god. I gotta have my yeah. precious. I gotta have my precious. Gotta go find my precious. <laughs> <laughs> oh, do you do? Oh, some goblins. That would be cool if you see like uh, an origin story. Like you can play um, him as a human, and then how he slowly turns. That would like be that. interesting. I'd like to strangle yeah. his brother again. 
Maybe yes. that'll be the tutorial level. Yeah. Press X to strangle, strangle. your brother. <laughs> Press X to save Precious. <laughs> Precious. <laughs> Maybe there'll be be oh some kind of addiction God. mechanic where like you have to touch the ring a bit every few hours or else Gollum starts losing health. And like it starts oh, shaking, like your controller starts shaking every time you touch it. <laughs> I swear that one of the reasons why Lord of the Rings appealed to hippies in the 60s before it appealed to D&D nerds in the 90s is because... Because Radagast was smoking All shit. those hippies probably... Yeah, the, the hippies probably saw a lot of their, their, their drug addict friends on Gollum. Because <laughs> it was made in the 40s and like there was a beatnik scene going on. People were... <laughs> were addicted to drugs at the time, so I wonder if J.R.R. Tolkien got some inspiration uh, in, in his anti-industrial bent from, from the medicine industry of the time when he was writing that. Yeah, this, this weird, strange project, definitely, definitely a, uh, a head-scratcher. I am intrigued to see how, how things develop out of the very anemic stealth game genre these days this is not the place that i think anyone would have expected it to go to yeah well um, i look forward to seeing more because i always like lord of the Rings stuff but yeah we'll yeah. see see as it progresses for the last news story for this week unless we go through it real fast and have more time to pad with other stuff i wanted to talk about discord potentially getting bought out by microsoft um some no. anonymous sources were were claiming that a few weeks ago and then we took a break no yeah it, it's uh according to bloomberg's anonymous sources microsoft is is uh thinking about buying discord for 10 billion no. discord is um thinking about selling them to to some other companies that include epic games and amazon and i think we did get a little bit of fruit out of talks with an epic game partnership earlier they were doing cross promotional sales events on discord weren't they I mean, Microsoft oh, are no. buying up an ecosystem for sure. Their sources also say that if Discord wants to make serious money with the amount of people that they have um, installed on their platform now, they are more likely to actually go public and open themselves up to, uh, you know, Redditors driving up the stock price than sell themselves to a different subsidiary, which is, is its own can of worms at the same time, because then the company, a lot of the company decisions are still going to have to be determined by shareholders who don't know the product that well that which happens to video games with weird always online drm schemes that don't work a lot of times yeah discord is speaking of things that are gonna likely change in the future over the course of this podcast being recorded i wonder if discord is one of them i mean can you imagine discord just plugged into your xbox you know uh just the ability to boot up and play games with people in discord already and have it on your dashboard yep. and be able to view, voice chat with them while playing games that is what Microsoft wants. That makes a lot of mm -hmm. sense. Makes straight up a lot of sense. The Bloomberg analyst said, uh, also dropped another real, real lucrative strategy. Uh, quote, there's a big opportunity to bundle Discord's premium offering Nitro into the Game Pass service to drive more subscriptions from the last reported 18 million, says Bloomberg intelligence analyst Matthew Canterman. Mm. Yeah, integration into video game consoles. Oh my god, it would be like a free alternative to the uh, paid services they put on there. So I would wonder if, if that's something they'd want on their platforms anyway. But it's, it is easy to visualize Discord being incorporated into the Microsoft ecosystem. So a sub Skype being pre-installed, Discord <laughs> would be pre-installed? 
I I don't I I don't know if I trust Microsoft with yeah. my baby. Right, right. <laughs> I would I rather like, that. Though. I like Discord the way it is. <laughs> Leave it alone. <laughs> you know the the capitalist cycle of the way these things go is that yeah. eventually a product or a company becomes so successful that the people who originally had passion and interest in it can then retire and pass it on to those who don't care as much and let it languish while still making money, which I think is kind of sort of what the narrative behind how Skype happened worked. Yeah, I think so. So, yeah, don't count on Discord lasting forever. Do count on Discord getting better and better in the short term, at least, I guess. That's... But in the long term, Discord Discord plans on selling out, guys. It might be just one of those moments, you know? Well, same as the Bethesda thing. You hear about it, then it goes away for a little bit, and then boom. It happens. And you're like, oh. Mm. There it is. And when you first hear about it, they say, oh, we're not going to make Bethesda games Xbox exclusives. And then a few months later on down the road, you start hearing, well, we might be in talks about some exclusive deals. I, I, I hope this happens exactly like um, the whole Oculus and Microsoft partnership where it just doesn't happen at all. Where it doesn't happen. <laughs> Wait, like no, they did include Xbox controllers with Oculus headsets for, for a while, not for very long. Not until they had real VR controllers. Can, can you imagine, like, just be able to plug in your Oculus? Oh, man, that would have been great. I'm not going to lie. I would have I would have enjoyed that. I would have enjoyed that for sure. As an Xbox Series X owner, I'm, uh, I'm very happy about this news. Uh, I'm just uh, I'm very happy. <laughs> what are you, uh, console work? Uh, the PS5 just uh, cannot handle the Xbox's raw power, and now we have Discord. <laughs> For a massive $10 billion acquisition like this, there's a lot more factors to consider than what platform you currently own. God, God, the console wars still go on. I mean, if you play games on your PC, you already have Discord anyway, so you can play the Xbox Game Pass stuff there, and oh, yeah. you've already got Discord right there. <laughs> Ten yeah. billion, though. Whoa, that's a mighty evaluation for that. I mean, Discord, I guess, is massive. Discord could start a sovereign entity nation state with that money. They could be their own government. That is oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> they are their own government. They literally own their own campus. They can buy an island or a or a chunk of coastland somewhere. Man, Man. well, we'll see. Yeah, it'll creep up yeah, thick we'll and see. fast. Yeah, all of a sudden, some weird shit starts happening. Discord's colors are are white now, or some shit. <laughs> green and white, white and green. It's got Cortana <laughs> built in. Yeah, yeah, yes, it won't leave you alone. Yeah, <laughs> you double click Discord.exe. Wait a second, why is Skype launching? <laughs> <laughs> Wait a second, <laughs> I can't play games here. Oh, you can play Minesweeper. Uh, shall we go to listener questions then? We shall. Let's do it. Uh, with our last half hour here. We take questions from our email line at dadandsons@gmail.com. We also include questions from our Patreon Discord, which has a dedicated listener questions channel. Get it in. Uh, we, we always do a little bit of both every week. Um, one thing I, I don't think we got to last week that I would have thought was... We would make for some fun talk. Is Happy Code Monkey here? Happy Code Monkey asks, "Do y'all have specific game mechanics that you know are legitimate but still infuriate you?" Mine is enemy contact damage. 
So I guess stuff that like doesn't make sense on a realistic perspective, but does make sense on a game design perspective. Yeah. I mean, I hate critical hits, to be honest. They don't really make any sense. Why would the attack I've been doing constantly now do more damage randomly? <laughs> Maybe it's to represent the adrenaline flow of, of your character getting hyped up and, and yeah. <laughs> the combat high. That's what Solid Snake called Maybe. it, right? I don't know. Seems a bit unnecessary, but I guess it amps the excitement up. I've never been a fan of, of things like lockpicks or keys breaking after you use them once. Oh, yes. Yeah. Like a crowbar That's or annoying. something. And you're like, why the fuck would a crowbar break? Yeah. In Hitman, a solid iron crowbar will break if you pry open a, a locker door with it. Weapons breaking in <laughs> Breath of the Wild. That's, that's, that's my specific. That infuriates me. How brittle are these swords? That's a controversial one. Yeah, I, uh... Yeah, I am gonna piggyback off of that. Just the shit breaking. Just randomly and shit. It's just so fucking annoying. Ooh, if you ever play a sport in real life, or get into athleticism in general, you realize how little stamina video game characters have. In real life, people can sprint longer for eight- longer than eight seconds. <laughs> oh god, yeah, like, running out of stamina. Like, immediately. Yeah. Yeah. Annoying. As much energy as they have, video game characters just don't seem to be able to keep a sprint up for very long. Like Valheim. Valheim's stamina is just outrageous. <laughs> Except Out in Valheim, ladies, much like in real life, as an old adult, your stamina goes down when you crouch walk. That doesn't happen in other games. Yeah. <laughs> but in real life, you can't stay squatted forever, kids. I feel like we, we could go on for ages on just like really ridiculous shit. Yeah. It's fun. It's it could that this way I thought it was a fun like like how yeah. do we feel about um uh oh after getting into VR games a lot of gun reloading mechanics piss me off cuz there's so much interesting things you could do even in a traditional flat screen game when it comes time to reload your character's weapons that VR game has really really opened my eyes to that get underexplored a lot. Like just leaving it down to one button press does not represent the activity your character is doing and also misses a lot of lost potential for fun mini like even in gears of war when they turn it into a, a meter that you have to press at the right chunk like at least give me something to do after pressing the reload button reloading in vr is so so fun and yeah. uh and and you really really could be doing more with that in a lot of games games do a lot of unnecessary things just in general yeah. Like, you know, when you have loading, like a Fantasian, you know, when you go to an inn in an RPG and it's like, that'll be 10 kill. And then you walk upstairs and there's a black screen for like five seconds just because to show that you're sleeping. And it's like, oh, come on, just uh, just heal me and I'll walk out of here. I don't need the uh, the whole thing, the pizzazz of it all. Just get on with it. The, the whole cutscene. Yeah. yeah. Don't need that. Not skipping cutscenes is also. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, that's not even legitimate. It's not legitimate, yeah. That's not legitimate. That's that, that, yeah, that, that should be standardized long ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but Being it's able not. to pause cutscene is like, <laughs> it's still that happens. improves your life in yeah. real life. Yeah. If your toddler walks into the room and takes a poop on the console, 
why shouldn't you be able to pause your Metal Gear Solid and watch that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. On the console. What the? It just takes off the diaper and just unloads? They're, they're figuring out boundaries. It's a learning experience. They're learning where they can't poop. Oh my god. Everyone goes through it. <laughs> <laughs> SJC has, has a question. If, if, if we're good. If we're good to move. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of mechanics there. Um, SJC says, being a young kid who couldn't really play games, I would always mess around with the first half of Ocarina of Time and the first half of Morrowind, never really being able to beat them, but having a good time messing around. I love everything about them that I was able to experience. The music, the characters, the graphics, they are deeply nostalgic for me, even though I haven't beaten them. But I still consider them my favorite games ever. Some of my favorite games ever. Is it fair to say that about a game I haven't fully experienced? And do you guys have any favorite games you never did finish? 100% it's totally hmm. fair. Yeah, of course. Of course. I think so. I agree. Whole. I mean, there are a lot of games I really love that I never finished. Xenoblade Chronicles. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, you love it? You love it? I like it a lot. Oh, Life gets in the way, but I, I so I remember so many games as a kid that I loved that I definitely didn't beat. Like all those JRPGs and all those games, like I okay, really true. like, you know, like the Tales games. Did I ever finish true. one of them? I fucking down it, you know. Like, <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I definitely think you can. Like, there is something to be said for if you are really enjoying a game, why didn't you finish it? Like, that's a questionable yeah. action. I, but yeah. I think that falls into two categories now as, as a, I hate using the word adult, but like, how much free time do you have to be able to do such a thing? And also, as a kid, though, why did you stop playing? Was something not fun or did something come up or, or whatever, right? If you did love something, why would you not finish it? But I think, you know, I think this is totally valid. What do you guys think? I I think it is and like when you're a young kid. If you're a young kid and you are playing games, you don't really have the time to really do all that. No one no one should. Especially if you didn't have a memory card for your PlayStation to finish Final Fantasy 7. You know, like stuff like that would happen or you only rented games from Blockbuster. Mm. You know, but you got near the end or whatever like that, and you enjoyed it with your your brother or sister or whatever like that. I can get behind that for sure. But if you're older and you ain't finished no game and you're talking about it's my favorite, nah, nah, buddy. <laughs> nah, I don't know about that. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but, but I loving, don't know. I'd still I'm disagree. talking about love. Liking is different. Yeah. Loving, though. Love is strong. Love conquers all. But what would and, you consider like Destiny 2? Like, I really like Destiny 2. But I never finished all of the content or did all of the things, but I still had a great, great time with it where I would consider it one of the my favorite games I've played in a while. Destiny 2 is one of your favorite games? You love that game? Like, no, that I've just played in a while. Not, not like of all time. Right. Of all time. He's saying favorite games, favorite games you never finished. Favorite. I'm saying, I'm, I would say that's more of a young thing, right? Or is it? Yeah, yeah, I, I, it's yeah, more of a young thing. both ways. Yeah. And, and I actually, I think one of the realizations that I think a lot of us come into as we grow older is that video games as a medium are way too fucking long. Yes. That a lot of the stories they're trying to tell can be done a lot sooner. 
JRPGs. And a lot of the gameplay mechanics they're trying to explore can be done in a more freeform, experimental, uh, procedural room than, than tying it to the story you want to see completed that you're invested in but don't have the time for. JRPGs are definitely too long now for me. Yeah. Maybe for Sona I would play, but... Uh, one of the things I, I, I was thinking about was that there's like there's genres of games that aren't really meant to be completed. Roguelikes, I, I think a lot of people are in love with the roguelike they never managed to beat. For sure. For sure. Especially 4X strategy games. Like, I absolutely, positively love Civilization and Total War, but I've never played all the factions in those games to a complete campaign to actually know, to get an idea of all the content I was paying for. Like, I will play tens upon tens of hours of just one faction in those games but when you look at it as a whole package that's that's what 20 percent of the content on offer on those things and yet it's still tens upon tens of hours that i could be spending something else in my life that is dedicated towards a game i will end up loving when i was a kid it did take me a couple times to finish morrowind but i still loved it every single time and considered it my favorite game that whole time the main quests in elder scrolls games are something a lot of people probably don't complete even though they love those games so yeah yeah, I think it's totally valid. I think completing a game is is an extra step you don't got to do. You know, if you're reviewing it for the internet, probably should. But games, I feel at this age in my life, uncomfortably lean towards time wasters over <laughs> legitimate artistic expression of the human experience. And I really wish it was the other way around because that's how I thought of it as a kid. But now, yeah. now we live in this age where like loot, crate gambling psychology is being employed for live service games that are meant to last forever yeah the idea yeah the idea being that that you, you just have like one game and you know yeah you just keep coming back to that one game yeah you had to get endless value for 60 dollars yeah yeah from the triple a side of the industry the single player campaign that does a cool story with cool mechanics that's over in eight hours is going away i mean we were raised on that but yeah. I feel like like that's not the what video games are anymore. I like beat it takes two twice instead of finishing Code Vein. Like like that's not <laughs> like I'm good. <laughs> I Code don't Vein, wanna, yeah, your I wanna... favorite game of all time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, my favorite game of all time. Yeah. The <laughs> fucking game was oh my god. Anime Dark Souls. I, I got into the hunt the hunt showdown again this week and you guys know i'll never feel like i've completed what what all there is to like it's a multiplayer game. how many hours of hunt showdown have you played now i don't know what else can we talk about <laughs> how much, um, all right next, about, like, next question 2000 2000 3000 like mmo hours well I, i'm sure it was just because i just just left it all tabbed for for a few days that's all that's all. whoa yeah that's all um five thousand hours five thousand hours in that showdown wait for real is it is it really is that what it's did you look it up are you violating my privacy no i did i did it I you're always like appearing offline and shit yes so. yeah i 2013 i had to flip that switch because the channel was too popular back then <laughs> um, <laughs> back then you're not popular now george <laughs> no not really hey more of those adam and eve ad reads and you'll be back in your stride my friend half a mil subs Man, <laughs> coming your way <laughs>
I hope people appreciated that. I was seriously thinking before going to bed last night if I should release that Adam and Eve ad read as its own video. It was very good. Well done. Very proud and of you. And it's two minutes long. It's worth it. Anyways, yeah, I feel like like there's there's so much to talk about in terms of whether or not video games are barely consumed by the amount of hours played versus the amount of like depth to the exploration you give them. It's a big conversation that a lot of people in a lot of boardrooms, I'm sure, have had with regards to what projects they want to green light. I think we have never had more of a broad spectrum of how people can value games than we do now. Like people can make their own value judgments because there's so many different types of games, so many different prices and also free and also subscription based that, you know, like Outriders, you think Outriders just came out, essentially the new Destiny, completely free on Xbox Game Pass, right? So like, what is the value judgment there? 200 hours and free? And yet I know I have no interest in Outriders. I haven't even heard people really like that. And yet it's supremely popular. Yeah. Like it had a really rocky launch. It, it's not got glowing reviews, but everyone is still talking about Outriders. And I, yeah. I've, 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 I've looked it up and it looks like a Gears of War 2009, 2010 thing that it, it seems it, dated. I didn't. Yeah, it seemed dated when I was playing the demos. It's like, eh, I'm good. Supposedly people are having fun with it. So I don't know. Meanwhile, Hunt Showdown is is having a it's it's grand success story being what twenty six number twenty six is how hard that thing has to climb up out of the darkness to but oh, it's on Xbox but it's on your X, Series X not on Game Pass PC oh I don't know it's on it's I I know it's on Game Pass on the P, on the Xbox yes man I'm about to get me an Xbox man I want free games. Jesus, man. They be giving things away for free. I downloaded it. I haven't started it yet, but I did download it. I tried to make my character, but the service was so screwed that I couldn't even do that. But I would sooner pay $60 to play Monster Hunter with you guys or pay $40 to play It Takes Two with you guys than play Outriders for free with you guys. <laughs> with all due respect, that game does not look like a George game. I maybe Matt, it's got the Gears of War stuff. Maybe, maybe Matt might get something out of it. Yeah, I might get like a few hours with a with a friend or something like that. If it was free, then I'll be like, hey, you know, download this game. Let's play real quick and then see if it's like worth spending more than two hours with, you know, it, it, there's something about like it makes me want to make my own game again where I can't find a good RPG where why can I find a good RPG? That allows me to get good, cool loot that changes with my character and interesting weapons and a good story. Like, why is that so hard to find? I feel like that's always so hard to find. Like, just a good RPG. Does, why don't they exist? <laughs> why don't they fucking exist? We were just <laughs> talking about Fantasian. Yeah, you could jump on the old Fantasia train. Maybe you've just played them all, Matt. No, but this it's not the same though. You can't you like when you put on gear, it doesn't change your 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 actual outfit. Well, have I got a monster hunter for you? <laughs> see, see, yeah, monster hunter would be that, but monster hunter is a monster hunter. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Very true. It's not yeah, it's not Monster Hunter is not like it's always like on the cusp of greatness for me. 
Tony's on the console like, man, it w- I would feel so awesome if I just put in 200 hours and actually learned the mechanics of this game, but I don't want to do that. I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it, man. That's fair. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, I see people look awesome online. I mean, sick. They make the game look fucking good. Yeah. Me? I have a few good moments. That feel great and satisfying, and then that was that's pretty much it. It kind of dies out after a while because you're just you you hit that wall where you have to grind out old monsters again, and you just don't want to do it. You just don't want to. Yeah. Got another question from Chemo Force. Says in light of the recent release of Balan Wonderland, which is another game that disappoints me that got so popular. What is a game that you would still popular. recommend, but what are you more specifically? About? In in terms of social media talking, like like whatever bubble window. Why? It's made by Square Enix and made by the guy who made Sonic. Why would it not be popular? Because they didn't wait for reviews first. In mm-hmm. light of the recent release of Balan Wonderland, what is a game you would still recommend, <laughs> but more specifically to game developers as an example of what not to do should they want to make a game in the same genre? I'm just going to throw out there and say game developers are very full aware not what to do in any genre they're working in, because that's their job, I would assume. I don't know. What the hell is this? What is this? What is this, guys? Have you only, uh, is this your first time seeing Balan Wonderland? Yes. There's some what stories here. <laughs> it's literally Why dangerous it to a certain, like, like there's, there's photosensitivities issues it's it, it triggers seizures in people sometimes it does like, like it breaks all the rules it's gonna be one of those games in like five years times where people revisit and they're like do you know what we were too harsh on Bell in wonderland back in the day it brought back the <laughs> revival of the banjo kazooie loving crowd you know a pure collectathon platformer and here is my review this video is sponsored by adam and eve yeah it'll be one of those I mean, with a 50 on Metacritic, it's hard to imagine it being classified as a cult classic. Like, like I feel like you at least have to hit the mid-70s before you can be rediscovered as a cult classic later. Not necessarily. God Hand got like a 2 from IGN, oh, yeah. right? and God Hand fucking rules, so... It makes sense why some reviewers wouldn't like some things. You know, not to excuse the... You know what? No, fuck that. The number doesn't really matter. But It doesn't matter. At the end, at the end of the day, everyone knows everyone has different tastes. Whoever has a taste for Bal and Wonderworld is clearly in a minority that might not be big enough to call it a cult classic later on, because a cult <laughs> still has membership. I don't know if there are games I would highlight, though, as, like, bad examples. I think when you're making a game, you take a lot of research from games, good and bad. You know, you look at good games to see how they do it and why they're successful, but you look at bad games as examples of implementation. And... More that often than not, looking at those two just in stark contrast of each other highlights a lot of the missing details that you can be linked, right? You look at good roguelikes versus bad roguelikes or something like that, and very clearly balancing and difficulty and all that kind of stuff can be askewed all over the place, and very quickly it's easy to highlight these things. But I think most game developers are quite in tuned. Usually when a game is bad, it's not really because it was bad. Being developed, things just happen. I feel like a developer could learn a lot about the a way out style cinematic QTE games by playing a a, a David Cage game. A, a game by the same guy, which is not a QTE and is way better. 
play a supermassive game alongside a quantum dream game and you'll see a lot of stark differences in what is the same genre and same gameplay and it's totally in in terms of like how the writing connects to the players actions and the QTEs they're doing like like David Cage games can be campy good fun but but still examples of how of how not to do a lot of that stuff apparently this is a shorter game there's a review by Cinestar worth uh 13 hours on record I beat it you probably shouldn't prepare to be underwhelmed <laughs> are you still on are you still discovering what Balan Wonderworld is nice you straight to the point <laughs> straight to the point just do it good stuff oh my god a lot of these games that are examples of what not to do will just kind of end up getting forgotten because they don't become cult classics well no you look at things like Avengers and and you know there are some standouts that, you know, Cyberpunk 2077, for example, right? There are standouts <sighs> of like, everyone's going to point to those things and be like, don't do a Mass Effect Andromeda, right? People are going to just yeah. do that for now and forever. I mean, there's lots of games that can fit in that category. Early VR games. Ooh, a lot of early yeah. VR games did not know how to do motion sickness prevention and movement. And people learned from those examples. Like it was, we saw that happen in real time. Like the very year after the first wave of Oculus games, they got way better real but, fast. But those needed to happen, right? Yeah, exactly. In fact, that would be like one of the positive examples of of, an, of game developers getting getting taught what not to do by real yeah. released products that were sold for money. Man, I still don't know why why Arizona Sunshine got as popular as it did. That game did make me sick like there's there's no character or charm to it it is a zombie shooting gallery thrown in a proof of concept that uh had not much to offer other than yes vr games where you shoot zombies and walk around are possible but we're doing everything wrong when when trying to to nail how polished that experience should be you know i i think i do like like the example of like early wave vr games Early polygonal 3D, like Sonic Adventure 1, some of the quirkiness of Mario 64 were important learning experiences. Whatever the hell Bubsy 3D was supposed to do. Oh, and you also saw Tomb Raiders get a lot easier to control a few sequels in, and the old Tomb Raiders are hard to go back to now. Yeah. Yeah, so come to think of it, there are examples where, like, iterative improvement happens, even, even for games that are, that are big hits. <sighs> Video games video games our last question of the week is from big dick mccree it is also about vr with the current vr tech would you rather see a celebrity developer take a shot at a fully vr game hideo kojima david cage or peter molyneux none of them i would love to see a kojima game and i would be entertained by a david cage game i would not expect the peter molyneux game to come out especially on schedule. How would any of the games the three of them make transfer to VR from what you know so far? Kojima is real good at making slapstick comedy out of gameplay mechanics, and VR is real good. But what does that have anything to do with VR? VR games are real good at making slapstick comedy out of game mechanics. In VR cutscenes, the player's going to be goofing around, sticking their fingers up people's noises. And uh, in a VR like stealth game, would be it, 
Stealth in VR is absolutely hilarious. Kojima, I feel, is a game developer who does know that a lot of players are laughing at the game, even when the game takes it completely seriously. And VR is is wonderful for that. Throwing physics objects around to ridiculous solutions, breaking the seriousness of, of really intense, gritty acting is always so fun in VR. I think Kojima is a natural fit, to be honest. Kojima, I would love to see. David Cage, I don't ever want to see in VR. I don't want to see a shower scene in VR. Oh, I, don't I bet it's going to happen. See that. I'm sure he's going to want everyone to feel emotionally invested in the emotional captures of some overly expensive emotion capture rig in the studio where you look face to face at whatever celebrity crush he has as they take a shower. Oh, so creepy. It's so creepy. No, Peter, it's art. I, I... <laughs> Yeah. Is there anything else to say about Peter? I mean, <laughs> not much. <laughs> Poor Peter. Poor, Poor Peter. Peter. I don't think he's been busy for the past few years. Poor Peter. <laughs> yeah. So his company right now is 22 cans. They they made some artsy cell phone stuff like a decade ago. Yeah, Curiosity, what's in two? His last game was in 2016. I, I don't know if Peter Molyneux is, is, is busy right now. Yeah, he's. Not, I don't think he's doing anything. Yeah, he he kind of left everything after uh, Fable, right? He just took a break after that. He did the 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 cube thing, right? Yeah, where where the secret prize was being featured in the next Peter Molyneux game or something. Oh my something God. like that. Yeah, you got to make some dev stuff in Godius, and Goddess did not get great reviews. No, it did not. Yeah. I, I feel like Hideo Kojima is going to make a VR game and it's going to be hilarious. That's my answer. I'm looking forward to whatever Kojima. Doubt it, but okay. <laughs> wow, you have no faith. Liam is the only one who has no faith in Kojima. It's not about, about Kojima specifically. I just don't think Kojima would have any interest in making a VR game. One, VR games in Japan, not very popular. Two, it seriously limits the scope of what he'll do. He's not in Japan no more, though, right? Three, the budget's completely different. Why would he go from making $100 million games to, uh, like, you know, less than 10 mil? Now, that's an argument I would I would agree with. Yeah, why would he make less money? Because uh, even though the Quest 2 is selling a lot, it doesn't mean that they're all going to buy uh, a headset just to play Kojima games. The interstellar base is too small for Kojima, unless unless he does a game. I can see Kojima making a game that has a VR mode. I can see that. I'll give Kojima's you Kojima's name will sell almost anything. The guy's about to come out with a book, and in Japanese and English, and I like it's already one of the Amazon top pre-orders. The amount of people who bought Death Stranding is bigger than the entire of the VR install base for video games. So why would he do that? Because it would be a sure hit. That's not how numbers work. Beat Saber is the highest selling VR game. It's only sold 4 million copies. That's Xenoblade numbers. If he did a little VR game, if he did a little VR game, it... it, it if he did a little one. It wouldn't hurt. I think he'll make a PS5 game, and it'll have PlayStation VR 2. PSVR. The mm. mode. Where you can have a shower scene with quiet. Or. Oh my god. No, not him too. That's <laughs> right. Or with um, he, Norman Reedus. Depends on what you what takes your fancy. Yeah, yeah. Death Stranding had the Norman Reedus and Guillermo del Toro shower scenes. 
I mean, he literally does have a shower in the game. So, you know, both of them. I think yeah. you can. Yeah, I'm going to be in that scene where they're both in a shower together. Oh, that Remember was a that great scene? scene. Oh, I loved that scene. Yeah. I, I was laughing my ass off at a lot of Death Stranding, and I think that is quite intentional. Metal Gear Solid so 5 it has, has a cardboard box surfing mechanic. Like, the guy knows how to get his players laughing. Can you imagine the mocap for that? Like, how awkward it was? <laughs> 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 Liam, Liam is about to die. Uh, <laughs> just how awkward it was. Oh no! It's gotta be awkward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do it again. Norman Reedus is like you could see on his face, in even in the mocap, like I'm regretting this decision. <laughs> no one's like, "What do you want me to do?" But pretend, he's paying me well. <laughs> pretend I'm washing my face. No, no, my friend. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> I want you to uh, <laughs> wash your intimate parts. If you have not taken a shower in a few days, now that you've finished listening to the Dad and Sons podcast and have done have checked that in, it's uh, probably a good time to take care of that problem. You know, now that your required activities are complete. Remember, just like Norman Reedus, if you go to the toilet, you can make grenades. If you have seen some of some posts on the internet complaining about how video game conventions and trading card competitions and smash oh. tournaments tend to have a certain odor to them, uh, now would be a great time. Now that we're done with the podcast episode, it would be a great time to go have your artistic shower scene in real life. <laughs> I'm just wondering if like... The next time I take a shower, I'm going to try to picture where the camera's allowed to go. <laughs> and I'm going to make sure I have uh, <laughs> facial expressions that sell how refreshing and satisfying it is. Oh, man. Uh, but yeah, thanks. Thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks for hanging out with us. Uh, if you would like to be a, a part of the show, considering donating to our patreon at the five dollar tier you can join into the discord submit some questions and some talking points or if you're a total um if you're saving your money for for video game loot box purchases instead uh <laughs> send us an email to dad and sons podcast at gmail.com we include a number of them from both channels every single week until then, thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. If you're if you're seeing the, the video version, thank you to our uh, our artists, Henry Ng for the background, our musician Ryan Lafford for the theme. Uh yes. and have a day. Darn diddly dad week. A darnly dad week. A darnly dad week. Darnly dad week. <laughs> oh man.